Hey, this is Andy Jenkins with the Warrior Hope Podcast. This is episode number two, and every week our goal is actually twofold. Number one, find healing from the past, and number two, get some help identifying your next mission. We believe that the enemy most warriors face is isolation, and it could also be the sense that the best days are in the rearview mirror, that everything is behind. The reality is there is this purpose, there is this destiny, there is, let's even use the word, another mission out forward for you. Now, the biggest enemies that people face, again, they're best tackled when we don't do it alone. So what we want you to do is walk with us. And I invite you to do that right now. Walk with us. We're going to find healing. We're going to find and identify the next mission. Now, in this episode, I want to talk about this idea of unclaimed baggage, because what so many of us have been taught to do is to stuff our feelings, especially the feelings of hurt and pain. And I'll tell you where this is going to go. About a third of the time on this podcast, we're going to bring you the story of a warrior and just interview him. About a third of the time, we're going to bring you a service provider. And about a third of the time, we're actually going to deliver you some of the content, some of the concepts that we've been working on as we've developed the Warrior Hope curriculum and all of the other resources that are going in together uh, to really fuel what we call Centers of Hope. More about that just if you go down to the show notes and the link right there below. So about unclaimed baggage. The problem is this. Emotional hurts, they do get dealt with. If we don't deal with them in a healthy way, in a proactive way, then it turns out that we start reacting in unhealthy ways. Okay, so that is, we've got to do the tough work of the soul, or we end up, many times, here's the stereotype, medicating with alcohol, drugs, hobbies, work, with people. In other words, we fill that void with something. Okay, part of the issue here is that physical hurts, when they happen, they're obvious. So if you've got a wound, you've got a broken leg, a broken bone, a scar on your face, you've got even a physical wound like a headache or a concussion, like those things can't be hidden. They're obvious. And so we take ownership of them and we move quickly to address them. But we can hide emotional hurts. We can even hide them from ourselves. We can even isolate stuff and closet trauma, and we can always assume that we don't need to deal with it or we're okay because the reality is somebody always has a bigger, worse, harder story than what you have for the most part. So it's easy to not own it. It's easy to not deal with it. It's easy to stuff it when you do. Eventually, that trauma surfaces, and it usually doesn't come out in healthy ways it usually comes out in unhealthy symptoms. So in this episode, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna try to discuss with you the what's, the why's, and the how of all of this. And then I'm gonna leave you with a few web links at the end where you can get, or if you don't need the help, you don't have to get it. You can refer other people to it. Refer someone for more help, more info, more empowerment in this arena. Okay, so here's a recorded talk that I did just for you. Afterwards, I'll be right back with some more resources to give you. Hang on. Here we go. The veterans have done us an incredible service and in that when they've come back from war with invisible scars, it has highlighted something that on some level so many people deal with. And, and that is these emotional things that we carry because life is tough. 
and war, war will do it for sure. But anything that you're not designed to endure will outright, can outright hurt you. And then, in the same way we need physical healing, uh, physical health, we need emotional healing and emotional health. So, so here we go. Uh, point number one is this. Perception can be reality. Now, now, you've probably heard it like this. Perception is reality. Here's what I say. No, perception can be reality. It's not always reality, but it can be. It might be. It might not be. Okay? So I, I saw this cartoon online one day, and there was a gentleman on one side of the cartoon, uh, kind of on the right side of the screen, and there's a guy on the left side of the screen. And the one on the right side of the screen is looking down at the ground below him, and what he sees when he looks down at the ground below him is a six. And he looks at it, and he just kind of says in the frame of the cartoon, next frame, says, oh, it's a six. Well, the, the gentleman that's across from him is looking at the six. Of course, he's looking at it from his perspective, which is uh, the exact opposite. And when you look at a six from the exact opposite perspective, that six now looks like a nine. And so that gentleman, he says, no, 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 no. It's not a six. It's a nine. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's a six. And the other one says, no, it's a nine. And he says, no, no, it's a six. And so we go frame by frame by frame back and forth. And then the ultimate point is like sometimes what you see depends on where you're standing on an issue. Now, is that in that cartoon, is it a six or a nine? Yeah, and, and the reality is like it's 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 one or the other in real life. It's not both. It's a six or it's a nine, but your perception can change what you're seeing. You might or might not be right. You know, think about it like this, maybe shift gears. You're in your house at night and you know, this stuff always happens of course when you're alone. Uh, you hear something outside. You hear a metal trash can, you know, clings, and then you hear something brush up against the house, and then you hear something scratch on your window. All right? That could be, it might be, it might be a cat, it might be a cat burglar. Okay, which one is it? Okay, perception can be reality. It's one or the other, but it, you see what I'm saying? Like, here's the deal. Sometimes our misperceptions of reality, they might be related to the emotional trauma, the emotional stress that we've carried, okay? Some of our misperceptions that we're carrying through reality, when somebody says something, but they really meant something else, but you interpreted it one way, or, uh, you, you know, you're facing a tough situation, and so you automatically, like, kind of tense up because of, like, like that that might be a misperception. That might not be reality. And many of the misperceptions that we carry of reality, they might be. They might be. They're not always. But here's where it gets layered. Like they might be related to emotional stress. Or like if I'm teaching the veterans this, I would just say, hey, this might be related to PTSD. PTSD is not, again, veteran specific. It just happens to be that we see a lot of it there. Now, here's what PTSD is. This is quoted from the American Psychiatric Association, post-traumatic stress. Now, now catch this. It is, quote, a psychiatric disorder, and by disorder, I'm going to explain in a little bit how those work, um, because that sounds like it's a you got it or you don't, you're either healthy or you're just jacked up, right? And that's not at all how psychiatric stuff works. Okay, psychiatric disorder, footnote on, we got to come back and define disorder. Psychiatric disorder, that can occur can occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event such as a natural disaster, 
a serious accident. Now get this. Okay, again, it said who've experienced or witnessed. So you could just see it and it caused it, or you could have endured it and it caused it. And it's it, it said it it can occur. Like it might. It might not have. So, so it's a psychiatric disorder that can occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event such as a natural disaster, a serious accident, a terrorist act, war combat, rape, or other violent personal assault. So what I just said, point number one, is perception can be reality. It can be, might not be, but it might be. And when it's not, when you're misinterpreting it, it might be because of some mo- an emotional thing that you're carrying. might be because an emotional scar, wound, past experience, and we just kind of define post-traumatic stress. Now, next point, point number two. PTSD can be misperceived. Not only, not only can reality be misperceived, PTSD itself can be misperceived. So, Or if you just kind of want to insert it and not use that term, you could say emotional hurts can be perceived. Here, here's the first thing I would say about it. Here's the first misperception. is A lot of people assume that post-traumatic stress is a new thing. The reality is it's not new. In fact, I'll, I'll do a whole talk on this at some point. You see post-traumatic stress way back in Bible times. Like, you see it in Scripture. You chase the story down and you look at it and you're like, oh, this is kind of the same feelings and thoughts that we're seeing in people now that are returning from war. Um, you see it in the Civil War. In the Civil War, they refer to it as soldier's heart. In fact, there's a little two-and-a-half-minute documentary that I have on the website Um in fact, I'll just put it in the show notes of this. Uh, I'll just put a little YouTube link or something up there where you can watch it. It's just it's from, it's from Invisible Scars. I, I just kind of pulled out that clip uh, so that I could use it when I'm teaching this um, in, in real life, kind of on my slideshow right there. Soldier's Heart. Uh, in World War One and World War Two, they started calling it shell shock. Um, by, by the time of the Korean War and the Vietnam War, it was called combat fatigue or battle fatigue. Uh, now we actually use the term post-traumatic stress disorder. And in large part, that's probably because we've got it in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual now where people can look at it and and really it, it can be diagnosed. People can term it. It's not just, oh, hey, something's wrong or this guy's you know kind of carrying something from battle. It, like it's actually, we, we can term it. Now, um, let me give you misperception number two. Misperception number one is PTSD is not new. It's man, it goes back as far as people do. Misperception number two is this is that it's rare, that it's infrequent. Now let me let me give you the reality. Okay. So when and this is kind of gets into diagnosing. Here's where diagnoses come from. A, a, a psychological psychiatric diagnosis, it, it's not uh, a yes you have this or no you don't. Okay, it's it's more like this. It's more like there's a range. And let me just kind of put this in common everyday terms that you will easily identify with. It's kind of like you have a scale of 1 to 10. And on the scale of 1 might be, let's just say that's the completely healthy side. And of the scale of 10 is the complete worst case scenario side. And so you might go, okay, 1 is completely healthy, absolutely has no bearing on them whatsoever. Completely it's a non-issue. PTSD or or any of the other psychological disorders that they test for. Okay, when I took a psychological evaluation, man, there there were several um, several range markers that they're looking for. Okay, several different things 
because um, they're, they're testing, hey, do you have uh, narcissism is on the list? Uh, are you a hypochondriac? That's on the list. Okay, they got better terms for these things that I'm, I'm using, but um, the, these are all there. Um, so post-traumatic stress. Uh, one, okay, just using my street language. One, not scientific language, street language, okay? So this just so you can kind of understand how it works. Um, and so I can understand how it works. One, completely healthy, no issue. Ten, worst case scenario. So you take this test and you, um, you, you do some check marks. I'll give you an online test in a couple weeks where you can kind of test this. Um, you do some online or you take it with pen and paper there, pencil, and you check off some things in the psychologist's office and then they talk with you. And what comes back after they take it on paper, and, and that's objective, that is objective, 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 and they talk with you. So then now they're getting a subjective element to kind of understand kind of what went down there in their train, so it's going to come out accurate, is <clears throat> they, they look at it, and it comes out where you fall somewhere on the range. You don't fall as a one, completely healthy, unaffected by emotional stuff, completely detached. That would be unhealthy, <laughs> which would say, hey, you've got another issue altogether. And, and you're probably not going to come out as a 10 because like, you, you would have you gone crazy by now, right? And if, and if you're there choosing to take the evaluation, you're probably not a 10. You're going to come where, somewhere in the range. And, and what, may say, what, what they may say is like, hey, so when we get to a three or four, that means you're somewhat affected by it. When we get to a five or six, that means you're more affected by it. When we get to a seven or eight, oh man, like you're really carrying around some tough stuff that you absolutely have got to deal with. And so what you find on that is everybody falls somewhere on that range. Um, everybody's carrying around something. Um, in fact, if you're unaffected by emotional stuff, you're just kind of like zombie-like. That's not healthy. And so you start finding out this emotional stuff is very frequent. Now, a lot of people are probably a three or four. doesn't affect them as much, right? But, but there are many people out there that are living in that four to five, six, seven range that are radically affected even if they don't have language for it. And then all of a sudden you give them language for it. Um, that one danger is you start jumping in and, you, you know, on social media feed, you know, now every, like the biggest things now you see, everybody talks about narcissism. Everybody talks about abuse. Everybody talks about gaslighting. The danger in that is a lot of people that are talking about that have no idea what those terms actually mean. And so they misterm them. They misdefine them. And then when people really bump into that stuff, they don't have a grit for it because it's, it's been misdefined. Or when people that are actually struggling with any of those issues bump into it, well, it's been diluted because people misused it and called something that wasn't it, it and now people are kind of overreacting to it. But, but we, we all kind of fall somewhere on that range, right? So my misconception number two about PTSD would be it's not rare, it's, it's common, Another misconception is that PTSD is physical. It's not. It might affect you or accompany physical wounds, but there's a different thing called TBI, traumatic brain injury. Traumatic brain injury is a physical wound. In fact, there's one of the guys uh, tonight that uh, he stepped on an IED, an improvised explosive device, 
and it affected his vision and some other things. He he had TBI. He's fine. He carries on like complete sentences. Man, if you were hanging out with him, you wouldn't know anything different about this guy. He's a great dude, except for just most of the time he's he's wearing some glasses, some sunglasses, uh, just because of his vision. Because too much light in really affects affects him. And so uh, TBI is a physical injury. PTSD is not a physical injury. It might accompany a physical injury, though. Okay, so that's just kind of a footnote. Let me give you point number three. Point number one is perception can be reality. It might be. Perception number two is that PTSD, emotional stuff, can be misperceived. So I gave you those. And then let me give you number three. PTSD can cause misperceptions. It can cause you, if you've got it, and I would say just maybe three would be any emotional things you're carrying can cause you to misperceive reality. Okay, so now, now you're starting to stack these ideas together. Perception might be reality, might not be. It might be your emotional stuff that's causing those misperceptions. You got it? That's point number three. PTSD or emotional wounds can cause misperceptions. Um, let, let me give you a famous one that is very common with veterans. So you hear an engine backfire, and then all of a sudden somebody dives for cover. Or they grab someone and they fall on top of them to protect them because it, they feel like there's gunfire. Uh, an, another one, uh, I've heard stories from several of the veterans. In fact, one of them was telling me the other day about fireworks going off on the 4th of July. And now it took him several years to accommodate himself to that uh, because uh, it sounded a lot like mortar fire. Uh, and when you know the mortar rounds were going on when he was over in Afghanistan, I mean, like he knew, like we we got to take cover and we we got to get out of the way, and so fireworks go off intentionally, and it triggers something inside of. Now, let's talk about trigger in a second. It triggered something inside of him for several years. Another veteran said that goodness, the, the neighbors were firing off fireworks Fourth of July. Uh, they did it. Uh, you know, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock when it gets dark. They keep doing it, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 a.m. And at some point, his wife goes out there because he's in such kind of duress emotionally that now she's in duress emotionally. She goes out there, interacts with the neighbors. It causes such a ruckus that that even the police are called. Okay, Th- those are common reactions, probably more common than you'd think, where... The post-traumatic stress caused a misperception of the moment of what was happening in reality. Everything was safe, but they're triggered and reacting to something else. And that, that's going to be the key word about triggering. Triggering, uh, triggering really occurs when you react to something, but you're not reacting to that thing. It's like tripping you back to a past event. <clears throat> this can happen with an engine backfiring. It can happen with fireworks. It can happen with certain smells. So sometimes you smell something and it gives you a helpful, beautiful memory. Sometimes you smell something and it takes you to a place you don't want to go. It reminds you of someone, something, some event. Triggering can happen with songs, with sounds. Triggering can happen when somebody says something or looks at you a certain way. Triggering can happen when you, when you get an email and the boss says, hey, what did you mean by this? And the, the boss just literally means, hey, what did you mean by that? But 
in your past, someone has abused you or emotionally berated you in such a way that it trips you back to that. Okay, and, and here's what I've kind of seen with the veterans, and this is a great lesson I've learned to import into my own life from them, is many times for them, their behavior in the moment when there's fireworks going off, their behavior in the moment is consistent with their training and their past experience. Okay, so it's the right response according to past experience. But here's the deal. The response would only be appropriate in a different time and location. Oh, does that make sense? So it was the right response. It was just the wrong time and location because you're reacting to a different reality. Back to that perceptions reality thing. Uh, here, here's here's another example. Bob was telling me about a story of a coworker that he had. It was a guy worked in the office with him one time, and he he they, you know they'd been passing each other in the hall for several years, and in that moment they were working on a project, and so he walks in one day, and Bob needed to speak to him about a project they were working on, so he reached over and he grabbed him by the shirt sleeve and just kind of tugged on him. He's like, "Hey, when you get a second, like," it, and he was just. You know, it wasn't like a yank. It was just kind of like a just reaching over, like like you might tap somebody. He just kind of grabbed him by the sleeve. There it was like, hey, and the guy instantly kind of swatted at him. This is a coworker, somebody he's laughed with and been to lunch with and interacted with on a project. Never had any kind of episode at all. The guy immediately swats at him and says, "Never do that again." And Bob knew in that moment he was like, "Okay, something's." not not quite right like like something's not something's not right and so he just kind of backed off well later on that guy came up to him in the office and he said man i i am so sorry and, and bob told him he's like man no no like i shouldn't have done that i don't know what i was thinking i now looking at that that was kind of disrespectful and the guy was like no 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 look you know my stepdad who used to beat me used to yank me by the shirt sleeve and it immediately triggered something. It tripped me up. Okay? So that's that's an example of point number three there, where the emotional things can cause a misperception of reality. Okay, the, the response would have been right um, in a different time and location. But if, if you've not dealt with those emotional wounds, often what's happening is you're reacting to a different event, not the current reality. Right? We often emotionally react to a different event than the one we're currently experiencing. We often emotionally react to a different event than the one we're currently experiencing. What does that mean? That means you've still got some emotional work to do. It, it doesn't mean that you might not get triggered and it might not take you there ever again in the future. It just means like you know not to react. You, you know to just kind of like internally hold it, realize what's going on. We'll talk about that in a, in a couple weeks and then move forward responding in a healthy way, not just reacting quick. Okay, let me give you two more points real quick. Number four, misperceptions can cause denial. Okay, misperceptions, those misperceptions that we have can cause denial or you're like, oh, that's not me, I don't want to deal with it, whatever. Let me give you a couple that I've gotten from from war people. I'm going to give you some quotes from these. So um, here's, here's a psychologist says this, uh, Dr. Elspeth Ritchie, when a soldier comes from home from war, they don't want to be referred to mental health. They just want to go home. And now she explains, here's why. And of course, this is only certain people. This isn't all of them. 
They're often worried about getting a job, say, with law enforcement, which, by the way, they would be incredibly qualified to do, right? Um, they're often worried about getting a job, say, with law enforcement. People worry about security clearances, the so-called question 21 about whether you've had mental health treatment. So what she's saying is one of the reasons that we deny that we've got emotional wounds is a lot of times we don't want to be stereotyped as crazy. We don't want to face that ourselves. I didn't want to go get a psychological evaluation initially because I thought, man, what if something comes back? Like, And then like, there's a label that's associated with me, but then at some point like, I have to come to the reality. I'm like, if there is, goodness, if it was a physical label, cancer. If it was a physical label, uh, let me think of some this is some other kind of physical label. You just fill in the blank of something you've dealt with. Like I would be scared of it because I'm dealing with it, but I would want to know so that I could get treated and get healthy, right? So emotionally, you can't deny the same thing because you don't want to be stereotyped as crazy. Okay, L- let me give you the next kind of one of those misperceptions. John McCarty, when he says that they were trained in the military, that there, there wasn't even a place to say, hey, physically, I'm tired. He, he said, you know, the culture wasn't there when he was in the military, back when he was in Vietnam, for a man or even a woman to say, hey, there's something going on with me physically. People would say, hey, you, you need to, they, they'd even use this term, you need to man up. And he says, much less physically, so much less emotionally. So it was almost like the sign of weakness. And so I, I think look, what I'm saying is the misperceptions can cause denial because, number one, you don't want to be stereotyped as being crazy, something wrong with you. Number two, you might think it's a sign of weakness, especially young boys have been told to man up. They've been told not to cry. They've been told they're being, I mean, oddly enough, like too much like a woman, which is completely, golly, you think about like the, the baggage that goes with that, but, but both ways. Um, one of the guys I talked with, Joe, uh, he says that there's this rough and tough type attitude. Let me just kind of quote him out of the book. You, you know that you got to be the toughest soldier, the strongest leader, the best of the best. You believe it, so you try to tune out any weakness. If you're doing a six-mile run and they know you're cramping, they say, suck it up, drive on. So that's what you do. You deal with it. And, and when you're training to go to combat, you don't get to tell the enemy, hey, hold on, I got a cramp. It's not like that. And and so he kind of, when, when talking with, with, with him, he kind of imports this to the emotional stuff. It says, man, you're carrying all these hurts inside, but you just, we're trained to push on. We're trained to endure. And I think in real life, it's, it's the same way. If someone said, hey, I'm feeling sick today. Physically, I've got a headache. Uh, I'm throwing up. Uh, we would say, don't come into work today. Take off, take time, and get healed. But if somebody said the same thing about something emotionally, we might question it. Okay, so be- because of that, there's all these denials when we're carrying around emotional stuff. Does that make sense? Um, now, now I'd say the safest thing, the easiest thing is to get get help and deal with it. In fact... What I've seen is people are going to deal with it in some way, whether you revert to alcohol or drugs, whether you revert into a hobby and throw yourself full throttle into that, whether you throw yourself into a person and use that person as the drug to fill a void, which would be codependency, whether you throw yourself in, into work to kind of block it all out, which would be kind of workaholism. There is going to be something that you'll do to deal with it um, as you deny it. And so the best thing is just to face it and go, hey, I'm going to deal with this in the same way that I would deal with a physical hurt, with a physical wound, 
with with no shame, with no, um, with, with no, uh, goodness, reservation, just kind of owning it because it it doesn't mean I'm less than. It just means I'm getting help. It, you know, and the reality is we, we applaud people uh, that say, hey, I'm going to get my finances in order, so I'm going to go see a budgeting person. Or I'm going to go meet with a banker. Or I'm going to go meet with a financial analyst. Or I'm going to go to meet with someone that can help me, kind of a financial planner that can help me make heads or tails, make sense of this. We, we applaud that. Yeah, I'm going to go to a budgeting class. We applaud it when people need to lose a little bit of weight or put some weight on. And they say, hey, I just hired a physical trainer. You know, but but the reality is, and you could kind of extrapolate this, you know, to every other area of life. You know, what the people need training and a skill set because, hey, I, I'm 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 nervous to speak in front of people, so I'm going to go to Toastmasters or I'm going to take a class where I can build up my confidence and get my skill level up there. Man, people are applauded for that stuff. But when we talk about emotional hurts and wounds and shoring up that area, we we really at this point don't have a grid for it. And I'd say this, emotional issues, they can cause destructive patterns whether we're aware of them or not. So it's, it's back to that thing, okay? Perception can be reality, can be, might not be, point number one. Okay, and if it's not, it, it might be some emotional stuff that's being carried there. Okay, now point number two, PTSD and all emotional wounds, they, those can be misperceived. We carry our own misperceptions about what that means. Uh, number three, PTSD, emotional hurts, they can cause misperceptions. Talk through that. Number number four, uh, they can cause denial. They can cause us just to kind of push them off to the side. And again, most issues, when you're dealing with physical issues, they're obvious. You see them. You can't hide them. They're owned, so we admit to having them. But with post-traumatic stress or emotional hurts, you know, the reality is we need to realize that it's real, it's common, and here's here's the last point, treatment helps. Treatment works. So fifth point, and I'll just kind of land the plane with this, is number five, seek help. Okay, go, go, go get help. Don't, don't oppose it, don't avoid it, own it, move through it just like you would if you were physically under the weather. Now, I'm going to end right here. I'll give you some links below where you can watch the documentary, some links below where you can kind of chase this down, 10 question tests where you can go and you can check, take a survey and go, hey, do, am I dealing with some emotional stuff where I, I probably need to seek some help? Yes, yes or no. It'll be that simple. Uh, my guess is if you're listening this far and you think, man, I might have that, goodness, um, no shame. This emotional health, again, is going to be like physical health. It's not going to be about what's wrong with you. It's going to be about what's right with you and walking into the full glory of the full, whole self that's there. Okay, I would love to know what you thought about those concepts. And here, here's what you can do. I'll put my contact information down below. You can get in touch with me through the links in the show notes. While you're listening, it would be a huge favor to me, to our organization, to Crosswinds, if you could go subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Google Play, wherever you're listening, 
just subscribe there because that helps us because it lets those providers know to show that content to other people when they go onto those sites, when they go onto those apps. While you're there also, just leave us a review. Just leave an honest one. If you liked it, leave it. If you didn't like it, leave that too. That's going to help us kind of to get to where we shape this thing out in better ways because we really want to serve you. And if this is helpful, we would love it if you would share this information. Tag me, tag our organization, tag a friend. Even show us where you're listening, whether you're driving or whether you're doing your commute. If you're if you're driving, show us after you park the car, right? If you're jogging, working out, you're doing the chores around the house, just snap a picture where you're at, show us that you're listening, tell us maybe one takeaway that you got, and and then go to our website and get the free PTSD self-assessment. Our goal with that is not to diagnose, treat, or prescribe anybody. The reality is most people are not diagnosable, but all of us would benefit from a greater degree of emotional health of what's called emotional intelligence by raising our emotional quotient, our our EQ. So that resource, 10 questions, all yes or no, simple, takes about two to three minutes, instant answers, and then you'll have the next best steps 